Wanted to talk to you about my PhD in coaching course. Just blown away by the first couple of weeks, uh, the response we've gotten from so many of the people that signed up their feedback to me. Uh, one, one of my uh, folks that signed up and went through the course and he said, uh, Coach, uh, I think it's a mistake. I, th- I can't believe you charged $97 for this. Forget the bonuses. And I said, what's wrong? Why are you disappointed? He said, no, it should be 500 And I said, wow. Uh, that just made me feel so good because we knew we were giving great value. We were giving incredible experience, but more importantly, we were giving you a course, a blueprint, basically, to how to be successful. And and I have so many people that know me well that have come to Coaching You Live that listen to our podcast and say, Coach, this is not a basketball course. And I said, no, this is a coaching course. This is about the art of coaching. This is the most important part of coaching because this is the people part. And more people and coaches get in trouble because they can't execute in the people aspect. It's not as important what drills you run, what offense or defense you play, as much as how you execute with your players, with your staff. And that's the part that we're getting across. So we're so excited. The bonuses, you know, they've been just fantastic. We've, we, you know, I'm so excited that, you know, uh, the Doc Rivers video is one of the best things I've ever, that itself is a course. It's a one hour coaching, coaching course in crisis management of coaching. And to get the tips that Doc gives to you there, the two coaching calls that we're going to have, the group coaching calls where you're going to be able to submit questions to me about anything in the art of coaching that I'll be able to answer the inner zone with their phenomenal software and the assessment that you'll be able to take our thing. And then the bonus for any of the basketball people, men or women that want to come to Coaching You Live in Las Vegas to get $100 off your tuition. We're thrilled to do it. The biggest thing is we wanted to help coaches. We want to take you to your next level. You know, uh, the only I wish I could give out doctorates. I wish I could. But what this was was an emphasis in content that you were going to get expert knowledge and content that would help take you to the next level. As one coach said to me, uh, I'm a pretty good coach already. Why do you think I need this? I said, because there's no finish line. I don't care who you are, how accomplished you are. This, we never are going to stop learning. That is the key. So just wanted to point some of these things out. We're so excited about our course, and I think it's going to really be something that every coach can find value in. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of Coaching You for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to Dr. Dish. 
basketball.com or follow them on Twitter at Dr. Dish B Ball. I wanted to announce a new partnership between Coaching You and Inner Zone Sports. You know, for a long time, one of the intangibles by coaches and athletes is team chemistry. And it's a major factor all the time in whether a team has success or failure. When it, the folks from Interzone came to me at Coaching You and said, we can even help your team, I was all ears. And what we did is we took a quick assessment, two to four minutes each person, and we were stunned by what we found out about ourselves and our team. You owe it to yourself to find out what Interzone can do for your team. It's the simplest and fastest and most accurate software available to measure team chemistry. I highly recommend, without any reservation, the use of Interzone with your team, whether you're a middle school, high school, college, or professional team, to help take you to the next level. For further information, go to coachingyoulive.com slash Interzone. That's I-N-N-E-R-Z-O-N-E. Hey, welcome to another edition of our Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and one of my favorite players I ever had in the NBA, and a really close friend now is B.J. Armstrong, the former Bulls world champion, three-time world champion, uh, superstar agent for the Wasserman Agency in L.A. Uh, they have so many great players, uh, of which Derek Rose and uh, Draymond Green have been clients, so along with their company, has had all the best players uh, for so many years. But uh, just an amazing, talented guy. He's been in the front office of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, uh, an incredible talent, but a guy that I go to because of our relationship, player-coach, that I love to talk basketball with. One of the most knowledgeable people. I think you're really going to enjoy his perspective of a couple of the clients he has and the game in general. So after this break, we're going to come back and listen to B.J. Armstrong. Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and so excited to have one of my best friends in life, 
one of my former players. I love to say you were my one of my players. And then most importantly, one of my favorite people from this great state of Michigan, BJ Armstrong. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, coach. It's always a pleasure. And uh yes, I was one of your former players, current <laughs> And uh, you're 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 one of my favorite coaches of all time. Thank you, brother. You know, and and still, and we're I'm still coaching you almost on a daily basis, which I'm very excited about. You know, for our listeners out there, uh, BJ and I talk almost every day, and our conversations, which frankly should be recorded, are some of the best basketball conversations I've ever had in my life about the game and stuff like that. Your passion and your knowledge and everything about the game is incredible. Um, Tell, tell our listeners basically what you're doing now other than talking to me when we talk each night. Well, currently now, uh, Coach, yes, that, that is true. You and I talk every day, and then my wife knows whenever you and I get on the phone, she just goes, all right, I'll talk to you tomorrow because it's going to end hours and hours. That we're just, um, so currently now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an agent here at the uh, Wasserman Group, and uh, – and representing players, and uh, I think we have around roughly 50 or so clients currently now in the NBA. But as you said it, you know, you said it in the opening, um, I'm still learning, and I'm learning about the game, and i learning about the players and learning, you know, how to work with today's players and in, in the environment that they're currently working under. I think the thing that you and I always are discussing is the evolution of the game, how it's always changing, how... Uh, the systems and the things that are being incorporated in today's game and how it translates. So, you know, uh, that is correct. You are, I consider you one of my mentors um, and, and your knowledge and what you've done. You and I have had an opportunity to compete against each other. I played for you, but more importantly, uh, being able to express and throw ideas with you has been a great benefit for me and what I'm currently doing, which I try to help my players in every way that I can. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, uh, we discussed often is uh, just like with your own children, who I feel like are my nephews and nieces, uh, you know, is that, uh, you know, you know, your players that you represent, um, each one of them is different. And each one of them has different needs, just like the players on a team or your own children. Um, and you have to really be talented uh, to, to, to service them to talk to them, give them guidance in their career and on the court. Um, it's really a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. And, um, you know, uh, playing in the NBA and the grind of that is, 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 is a challenge. And the mental, you know, taking in mentally what's needed day in and day out. You know, uh, when I got into this job, the, the one thing that I, I approached it, I approached it as I – as I did as a player. And I always start, I always work backwards and I always start with every player. Failure is not an option. So now we have to figure out how to make this work. And every player and every situation is different. You know, you have so many variables, you know, health, you know, right fit, coaching, you know, all the, just some of the things you can't control uh, but you, it's failure is not an option. We're going to figure this out. So I look at every situation as a, as a, a unique situation. I take every situation individually and I try to learn 
you know, as I as as I go along, because the league is changing, you know, 15, 20 years, the game was played quite differently mm-hmm. uh, than is today. I mean, now this, you know, thing or whatever you want to call it, this pace and space and three point shooting is here and it's not going to change. It's only going to continue to evolve as you're seeing the pace of the game and you're seeing these astronomical scores 130 140 uh and it's going to just continue so what does that mean for today's athlete how can i help today's athlete understand what the game could look like a couple years from today because that's going to actually give them an opportunity or give them an advantage to succeed and continue their career as they move forward you know when uh, derrick rose came out of memphis i actually um I was with the Knicks at the time, and I actually was there at their uh, tournament, you know, and uh, I guess it was Conference USA back then, and seeing Memphis, and the game was at the FedEx Forum, and I'm actually watching him as a freshman, and, you know, we didn't have an opportunity to pick him. We weren't going to pick that high, but I'm watching him like I do have the first pick, and I said, He's a transformational player. He's a power point guard. We haven't seen players like him. When you had him coming out of school, what what did you see in him? Because he's totally the opposite of you as a guard when you were playing in the league. What did you see, BJ, in, in Derek? Well, the, the first thing that I saw in Derek was uh, was was – the, the physical gifts that he had. I mean, he's, you know, we all can train to try to be faster or stronger. He had the gift, you know, he had the special dust, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, players just have the gift. Uh, Michael Jordan was one of those players who just had a special gift. Shaquille O'Neal just had a special gift. You can't train to be Shaquille O'Neal. You can't train to be Michael Jordan physically. Either you have it or you don't. Right. When I, I said, you know what? Derek has the gifts. That, that you can eat, uh, that you could ever want as a as a as a point guard. The second thing that I saw in Derek I, is only one guard that I've ever seen beat Michael Jordan, and that was Isaiah Thomas in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then, if I remember correctly, he's the last <laughs> team to really beat Michael Jordan <laughs> in the playoffs. It was uh, you're absolutely right. So when I saw him, I said, okay. The, today's game, if you can control the tempo, you can actually counter the talent of a very, very gifted player. Because Isaiah and you guys with the Pistons, you can control the tempo of the game. And I said, Derek can do that because he was a pass-first guard. You know, the, the funny thing about Derek is he's really a pass-first guard hmm. who learned how to score. Uh, as he got to the NBA, as the game opened up for him, his physical gifts just kind of propelled him forward. Um, so I knew that he knew, understood time and score, which, as you know, some players just don't understand that concept. And uh, so I knew he had the ability to affect the game without just having to score a lot of points. And um, and I had saw Isaiah. Isaiah was a very tough out. The Pistons were always a tough out because Isaiah could control the tempo of the game. And uh, that's what I saw with him. Uh, once I was able to work with him on a daily basis and understand 
what he really could do physically, mentally, and his mental toughness for the game. And then I knew he could do something special. I never thought he would be the MVP in three years. <laughs> All the things that he was was doing offensively because he wasn't he wasn't a, he was never a terrific he was never a great jump shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't he didn't settle. He would always just penetrate and try to create and do things, but he was kind of thrust into a position where he had to score to win. And um and he had always won at every level. He won in high school, he won in college, and he's won up here in the NBA. So winning was always a priority to this kid. And um and it just kind of fell for him. Everything just kind of fell in place for him. And very early in his career, and as he continues to move on and and really kind of, you know, figure out and evolve as a player today, you know, 11 years later. But physically, that's what I saw with him. And once I got the chance to to work with him, I saw mentally that he had an understanding of the game and he can control the game. And uh, he went out and give him all the credit. He went out and did it. You know, you can we can talk about it. As you and I know, you can put all the things on the blackboard to how to win the game, but it takes the players to go out there and execute it. And I uh, give him the credit for going out and, and doing what he needed to do. Um, as he when, when he first got to the NBA, how, how I don't know if I uh, you know he had good fortune, let's say uh, that the Bulls ended up. Wasn't it surprisingly that they got the first pick? They it was were, like yeah, had like a one percent or two percent yeah. chance or something. That's what I thought. Yeah, and 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 it's a perfect fit for him being from Chicago. I mean, yeah, it it was it was. You know, a lot of times, Coach, things just fall into place for you, you know, yeah. uh, and that was just the right fit for him. It was the right place. It was the right team. Um, and he had a chance um, to really kind of figure out who he was and who he was going to be as a player. Um, you know, when he got there, it was Kurt Heinrich. And I remember uh, mm-hmm. the games of the season and Kurt was a young guard at the time. Uh Kurt and I remember he wasn't finishing the games you know he was starting but Kurt would finish the games um and because you know it was coach Del Negro and you know you can always look back um but he didn't think that Derek offensively could finish the games at that time Mm -hmm. and Derek was so he was so devastated and disappointed that he couldn't finish games early in his career but I was like it's 10 games in you know you're just kind of learning how to dictate and how to score. And we would talk about how to play in the last four minutes of a game, which is different than the first 40 of a game. So it was a great learning curve for him. And Vinny and Vinny gave him the freedom to play and evolve as a player. And Derek was a quick learner. He was a quick study. And uh, he just went out and played. And, and you know, he just really kind of figured it out. But a lot of it, he had the talent to do it. And uh, the kid is a competitor. And uh, they ended up making the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. And play- I think they lost to the Celtics uh, in, in seven games, which they had a terrific team with Kevin Garnett and uh, Paul Pierce and Rondo and, uh, and, the, and the group. So, uh, and they were well coached, obviously, by Doc Rivers at that time. So they, it, it was a good run for him. Did you, uh, was he like 23 when he was the MVP of the league, right? Yeah, he was, uh, I want to say, yeah, 22 or 23 or somewhere around there. Amazing. Youngest ever, I think, right? Yeah, he was the youngest MVP ever. And uh, it was just an incredible season, Coach. I mean, he just, I I mean, it's just something, you know, like it was like one of those things. We never talked about it. You know, it was just like, how can he 
he just wanted to advance in the playoffs. That's all he wanted to do. <laughs> That's all we talked about. How about you that? know? Um, and that happened, and I just kind of came out of nowhere. So, uh, you know, he, he's got things rolling, and then he doesn't get devastated by just one, but eventually two very serious knee injuries. That's when probably your guidance, uh, mental coaching, et cetera, had to be at its best. Uh, how do you, how do you t- walk a guy through that disappointment? Well, first, um, you know, the, when, it, when it first happened, you know, you, you're just trying to, you know, you're just trying to have an understanding of, you know, what had just happened. And uh, I remember I was, I was at the game. I went to the hospital with him. Oh, wow. I was there for the entire process, you know, from the moment it happened to the surgery. Um, and I've been with him, you know, the, throughout the entire time of his career. The first thing was just trying to get him to understand that, you know what, life goes on, you know, is to be able to see life beyond just this moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was very tough, as you can imagine. Um, you know, you just don't get hurt well, I'm going to do my rehab and come back. There's a lot of emotional, mental things that you have to get through. And uh, I can't imagine, I, you know, even though I was there, I was able to witness it. I can't imagine mentally uh, all of the things that he had to go through um, as I watched. And I just was, you know, I was there to observe the entire process and be there for him as he saw fit. Um but it, 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 it was tough, not just physically, you know, look, you get hurt, you, you go through the rehab and you do the things that you need to do. But mentally, um, I think has been the biggest challenge. And uh, I think any doctor or anyone that has gone through an injury uh, of that magnitude will tell you mentally, you know, where are you at? How is that going to affect your body? How are you going to play? Um, you know, as an ex-player, you know, I had six knee surgeries myself, so I was quite familiar with the process but i never had an acl injury sure Uh, and the way his game you know way he plays i mean physically you know his speed and quickness is a huge part of how he plays and uh how was that going to affect him how was it going to affect his ability to absorb the contact and all the things that he does that makes him the special player that he that he was and he still is i mean just last week the kid scored 50 points in an nba game i mean he just he is just that you know he's just gifted um as as an athlete as a player so i i I saw it um you know and and it was just one of those things where you just wanted to be there to support him because working hard and doing all of the things was not going to be his problem you know the kid has an incredible work ethic the kid is going to, he's tough as tough can be, you know, mentally he's there. It's just that, you know, there's a lot of things that he had to overcome. And I think he, when I say overcome, just learning of who Derrick Rose was going to be after this injury. And I would always ask him, ask him to be, just search within yourself is to figure out how to become just as effective as a player after the injury that you were before the injury. And um, you got to learn how to trust your body all over again. You have to learn how to work with, you know, some nights he wasn't going to feel great. Well, that that's very hard for a 23-year-old kid. So, you know, where, you know, I, I can't imagine being at that level and then suddenly in one instance, it's just all taken away. 
So, uh, but I give that kid credit. That kid has, you know, as we would always say, you know, it's not how many times you fall down is, you know, how many times you're going to get back up. Well, that kid has gotten back up every time. And that's one thing I've never questioned with him. He's going to get back up and he's going to figure it out. And uh, I just give him all the credit because he is one tough cookie and he continues to fight day in and day out. And, and, um, and when he had that 50 point game, you know, he, he was, he was asking me, what, what are you going to say now? <laughs> I remember <laughs> screaming at me, like, what are you going to say now? <laughs> you know? And I thought, there's nothing I can't say. And, uh, and uh, he's been so great to work with. And uh, I'm just so happy for him as he continues his career. And, and he's, he's comfortable. He's comfortable in the skin of who he is and where he's at and, uh, and just continue to go out there and play and, and have fun while he's doing it. You know, uh, one of the things that grabbed me watching that, and I remember we spoke immediately afterwards, was I was struck by, uh, you know, having seen, you know, thousands of games in the NBA. Uh, I can count on maybe one finger. How many times I've ever seen after a game, a good game, yeah. every player in the team hug you and be happy for you. You never see that. You never yeah. see that. Yeah, you know, the, 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 you know, coach, you know, you, 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 you've coached in this league and I've played in this league and worked in the front office and now as an agent. And every player that I get, and that I work with, I, I always ask them to do just one thing. If you're going to do whatever you do is to be a great teammate, mm -hmm. just be a great teammate. Like you may reach your potential as a player. You may not, but if you try and you become a great teammate, then it allows you to fit into the, the fabric and the concept of just being on a team, get outside of yourself. And the one thing with Derek is I think, Every one of his teammates over the years will say he's a great teammate. And um, he's always considerate of his team teammates. And he plays the game with one intention is to win. Hmm. That's, you know, it's his life in that regard is so simple. He doesn't play to get stats. He doesn't play to be MVP. He didn't play to, he just plays because he wants to win. And, and you know, when he scored the 50, I was just so happy for him because all of the people that know him and his peers and teammates, you see they're rooting for him and all that he's been through. And you know what? As a public figure, um, you know, things happen. But behind the scenes, you can see that you know what? People are rooting for him. And that's I was very happy for that because he's always been this game and he's always put in his best effort every time he goes on out there on the floor bj i loved the way uh, the stars of the league all supported him on twitter afterwards you know from steph to lebron and it's so genuine when you have guys do that that rarely ever happens that they were happy for one of their own a competitor but they they know what he's been through and they were happy for him again you just don't see it happen and a real tribute to him. And that was kind of cool. You, you don't coach and uh, you don't, but you know what, again, this community that we live in, in the NBA, it's, it's been great. And uh, I think it was awesome to see that the fans got a chance to see 
the support that these men have for each other. Yeah, they compete hard and they play against each other and they want to win. But you know what? The human side of it, you know what? One of our brothers fell down and he got back up and it was just a look, the, the perseverance that you need to have to go through life. Okay. Derek is going to be fine. He's going to be fine. This kid is going to be fine. He's done very well for himself and his family. He's going to be fine. But to have the perseverance and to go through this, it's just it's just a life lesson, right? Is that you just no matter what, you just keep pushing through. You keep getting up. You keep it moving. And I think that's what people were cheering because we all go through things in life. We all have our ups and downs. But to see him do it and go through it, as you know, was very difficult. And um, again, it was just I, I think everyone could identify with that of, hey. We're going to have our ups. We're going to have our downs. We're going to have things go happen in our life. We're going to have our bumps in the roads, but we just keep pushing. And, uh, and I think that's what people were applauding as they looked at uh, his, that performance that evening. Okay. Let's change gears a little. Let's, uh, let's go around and uh, let's talk about the league as far as, you know, we're, you know, we're just, you know, you know, about 15% of the way through the season, but observations that you have, any team? What teams have surprised you? Well, what teams have surprised me? I I, I always coach, as you know. I always give myself twenty five games. Because yeah, but, I, I but like the shows coach. today. I can't. You know, I ain't calling you back in the finale. Like, you know, after ten games or so, I'm still trying to figure out rotations of teams. I'm still trying to figure out: is this guy just having a good week or two, yep. or is this? How they're really going to play? Are the coaches committing to their rotations? Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to figure out. Figure out. Um, I think the team that is really the team has been Toronto. Mm. Like their team, you know, we we're talking about offense, offense, offense. Defensively, they are a really good team. I mean, they have three players. I think are like like could be all defensive players. I mean, Serge Ibaka, right. Kyle Law. And then, of course, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, defensively, wow. what they do, I'm just like, okay, they're go- they can they can just match up. They can match up on the perimeter. Kawhi can match up with any player in the league on the wing. And Serge Ibaka is not only a good defender on the ground; he he's a shot blocker. And they have other as well that can allow them to fly around on the defensive end as the game slows down because the game is going to slow down. I know we're playing now and pacing, but the game is going to slow down, especially in the playoffs. Sure. So as the game slows down, I think this team here, I'm looking at them going, they can defend wherever is going to be needed on the wing and the post on the perimeter. And they have enough athletes to, you know, get steals and do things and get loose balls. That really is going to be of concern to me. Um, I saw how they played out here on the West Coast. They're fine. They played on the East Coast. They're going to be fine. And defensively, Kawhi Leonard is – he is the real deal. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, I'm going to just say conservatively, he's a top two or three player in this league, if not the top player in this league right now. He is just playing at, a, at an incredible high level, and I like what they're doing. Um, so they have been a surprise. This kid, Milwaukee <laughs> – I, I can't speak enough about what he's continuing to do and evolve as a player. I mean, he's just getting better and better and better. And I give him credit. I mean, I, I love what Brooke Lopez, who's a client, 
But I love what Brooke, Brooke Lopez has been able to do and play with that. With that well, he's a star. I mean, Giannis is just a star player. And I, so I love what they're doing. Middleton, the coaching staff there, uh, they've been a team that I've just like, I didn't expect this. So, uh, but they look like they can play at a high level. They look like they have some, some pieces that with the, uh, they could be a matchup problem for the, the wrong team that may catch them in the playoffs as I look at the, you know, the early part of the season. You know, uh, you know, they had a very coveted coaching spot open there uh, after the playoffs and, uh, and, and Budenholzer has turned out to be a great fit for them. Uh, he, you know, his five out offense where he spreads the court out and most teams put a big man as the trailer in the five out offense at the top of the key. Uh, but what Bud does is he has everyone else run to two corners into two slots and the wing. And he has John bring the ball down. What yeah. a freaking br- brilliant move that is most of the time. And, and I'll tell you, and he just breaks it down. He's there. He's basically their post guy you know, driving and making plays in the lane. He's scoring points in the paint. And everyone else, you leave those guys in the corner or in the, in the slot, they have everyone can shoot the ball. So it's really, really a well-designed scheme. Yeah, it's been it's been fun to watch them play because, you, you know, you're still trying to figure out, you know, how to watch or, or how to defend teams. But, you know, Coach Bud, uh, Coach Bud there has been incredible what he's done, allowed Giannis to – play and I like Giannis he's finding players he's making the game easier for himself and easier for his teammates and uh he's playing at such a high level I think he is I mean he I I just don't know how good this kid really can be uh because of his versatility I mean he's a, basically a seven footer who's a point guard now and yeah, I, I love that he's not shooting threes right now actually because he takes the ball to the basket I, so well yeah, who don't settle. He doesn't settle. Yeah. And uh, but once he his game, he will eventually have a jump shot. I mean, he's already as difficult as it is as a guard, you know, two guard. And once he puts that three ball on his game, I just think he is going to have one of maybe a season that we haven't seen in the NBA because he is he's a very special talent. You know, I agree with you, though, on your your idea of, you know, you need 20 to 25 games to really evaluate teams. You know, you know, I totally agree with that. Um, But I've been, you know, teams coming off championships, as you know, you've been through three of them. They're really hard. You know, the summers become shorter and shorter. uh, And I was afraid uh, for our friends at Golden State, having been to the finals so many years in a row. Uh, that, you know, at some point it's going to catch up to you, but I am stunned at how they came out of the gates in a really positive way. Uh, they have, they, they're, they've been at the top of their game, um, and you have one of the most important players on that team in Draymond Green. Uh, what are your observations? Because I know you, you were obviously watching the Warriors a ton. They have every base covered, I think, as, you know, as a team. Well, yes. I, I, I've been amazed at two things with the Warriors. The first is, since I came in this league in the, the late 80s, I've watched every team or dynasty or great runs be destroyed the same exact way. The me factor. The me factor always destroys every single team. And the me factor is, every at some point, some player or players or executives or coaches believe they're the most important 
important or the, the most important piece to the puzzle. And that hasn't happened with Golden State. <laughs> hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened. They have figured out how to collectively as a group play together. And, you know, I, I, I have to give management and coaching. I think Steve Kerr, more than anyone else, had the experience to understand that statement. The mm -hmm. MIFAC can't destroy this team. The second thing that I think is very important to them, I mean, they're like, what, 9-1 or 10-1 or something yeah. at the moment. Right. How they are living in the moment. They're not worried about tomorrow. They're not resting on what they did last year or the year before. They're, they're current. They're like, you know what? What we did last year was last year, but this year we have to set the stage for now. And we're not going to allow this moment and look back on time and say coulda, woulda, shoulda. And their sense of desperation and what they play with from a championship perspective, that's very, very hard to do. Um, I mean, they've been to the finals, what now? What, four of the last five years? Yep. Is, is, that, is that right? They've won like three, right? Yep. Um, for them to be trapped in the moment, you got to give them credit. I mean, they're coming out this year playing with a sense of desperation of saying, okay, all right, LeBron is going to L.A., you know, Denver is playing well, you know, now everyone's talking about Boston over there in the East. They're still competing every night, and they're still making sure that everyone knows they're still the best team. <laughs> Don't forget about us. We're still the champ. So those two things, I think, are, have been phenomenal with them because, yes, they've had an incredible run. Yes, they're beginning to put a lot of miles around their body. But give them credit. Collectively, collectively, they've continued to work as a unit, as a group. And I think that has been unique because they're not just depending on one player to carry them through the season and the playoffs. I mean, they basically have four players who could step up any given night and carry a game or carry a week or carry a playoff series. And I think that's a very unique team. But more importantly, they have four players who are willing to do that and step up according to the matchups they have. Uh, during a game or a series. Could be a fifth if DeMarcus Cousins gets back, too. You know? Yeah. Well, speaking of that, what do you think of the DeMarcus Cousins thing? I mean, we really haven't spoken about that. Yeah. We, you, know, we, uh, you know, we got to see him close up uh, for a year and a half in New Orleans here, uh, where I am. And uh, uh, talent has always been outrageous. Uh, sometimes, you know, was his own worst enemy. But I thought... Uh, he made an incredible decision because uh, now he has a chance to go and when you, as you know, when you're around greatness every day, it humbles the heck out of you, right? And and so you can't act like you're the man, like you couldn't sack or even in New Orleans because they got four guys that are all stars and they won championships without him. And so I think this could really help in his personal development, which I would be thrilled at. And, uh, you know, he's he's obviously one of the three or four best bigs in the league. So uh, what a weapon to have <laughs> on those nights when Clay or Steph shot's not going <laughs> to be able to throw the ball inside and the way they move without the ball. I, I think it could be terrific. Uh, very talented guy. And I think watching them play the right way uh, can only be a benefit to him because I, 
people that have worked with him on his rehab and stuff just swear by his uh, swear by him as a kid that he's really, yeah. really good. You know kid. The, the thing about uh, the thing about the Warriors, which I thought was was interesting when they when they uh, got you know Demarcus Cousins is every team in the league you know and speaking to all the teams and watching how they're mm-hmm. putting together. Every team in the league, and we talk about small ball, and we talk about the Warriors and their, you know, their lineups and how they play with pace and space. And I thought it was interesting that the Warriors, okay, the team that has started all of this small ball and playing Draymond at the center and all these things, and every team in the league is trying to imitate them, every team, that the Warriors went out and got DeMarcus Cousins and committed to him. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting that the Warriors said, you know what? All of you guys are trying to imitate us, and what we're doing is we're going to go big now. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was interesting because when you look at it, DeMarcus doesn't really fit their style. I mean, they have the lineup, which everyone is trying to imitate when sure. they bring in Iguodala and they go small. And all of a sudden, the Warriors are like, nah, you know what? This is how we're going to win right now. We feel if DeMarcus can come here and play and play big and help us. And I just thought that was interesting to see that I think this is the I think the Warriors are telling us something without telling us that. You know what? At some point the bigs are going to come back to this game. And I think the bigs are going to con- always continue to figure out how to make an impact because the game is going to slow down. But the bigs are the last position that we as coaches and executives and players to really work on to play this new pace that we have. But once they do figure it out, I think they're going to have an impact over the next 10 years that we haven't seen because of their size. And, you know, I I thought it was an interesting move by the Warriors of them saying, now we feel that we can, we can be even better with a, with a big guy and kind of slowing it down and maybe throwing it in and playing a little traditional basketball as well. You know, every uh, team, let's say in the West, has a has a pretty good big guy that's a playoff team uh yes. whether it be uh you know Stephen Adams uh Anthony Davis Jokic Clint Capella etc uh you know and now all of a sudden you know if he's playing and he gets that big in foul trouble and that guy has to sit down now all of a sudden Steph uh KD and those guys now can go drive to the basket and there's no one there to defend. So, I mean, I, I think it's a very tricky, strategic, brilliant move on uh, the Warriors uh, front office and Steve Kerr. Uh, the thing I uh, wanted to ask you, you know, you get it so up close with Draymond is the thing that blows me away about Steve Kerr. And I just think he's spectacular as a coach is what he is, you know, coaching is influence, leadership is influence. And what he has done is he's influenced a very, very uh, highly talented, highly intellectual group of great players to play with joy and play hard and play together. And you know what? That's what it's supposed to be. And so I credit him, credit him solely by they went out and got good people, but his influence, I think, is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge Steve Kerr fan. Um, you know, and I always joke with him is, you know, I played with Steve for a number of years. And I never imagined, I never imagined that he would, was going to be a coach. 
that I just I didn't How see about that. that? Part. How about I that? Ne- huh. I never saw. Um, he was always great. I mean, we had some great conversations. I always enjoyed him as a teammate. Um, and he was always tough. You know, he you know he's he has this image, but he was always a tough, feisty little player. And and I, and I always. And I always enjoyed playing with him. He was a, he was a great teammate. Um, you know, the thing about Steve, and when you watch his teams, you know, I like uh, I, I was watching them play against the Bulls that night that Clay scored. <laughs> and the thing that struck me was how the team, the team, not just one player or two players, how the team was rooting for that player. Like, that's just so, like, unique that all of a sudden, you know, hey, Clay is hot, and all of a sudden everyone goes, okay, let's get Clay off tonight. Let's get him going. Like, that just doesn't happen in this league. You know, you, you know you've know, you coached players. I've, I've played with players where, you know, everyone's trying to just get theirs. This is a very individual league, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's trying to get their numbers or whatever it is they're trying to do. If Steph Curry gets hot, everyone's trying to get Steph the ball or in New York, I was watching them play the Knicks. Kevin Durant got hot and everyone was trying to get him the ball. I just love that. I love that about, I love that about Steve and team is that they're rooting for each other. It's a selfless way to play. And I, 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 I applaud him for that because it is leadership. When you actually have a team, we are a team. And they have great individual players. They have great individual talent. But when it comes to the success of our group, he doesn't compromise that. And uh, I, I respect that so much for him because it's it's beautiful to watch when you see it. And I've had an opportunity as a player to be a part of it. And it was some of the greatest times when you're just cheering for the group. You're not cheering for any individual. You're just cheering for the group. You just want the group to continue to move forward and um, somehow he has been able to do that and capture that with this Warriors team and uh, it's beautiful to watch and um, you know I, I just and I give him the credit because he he's had an opportunity to see it what well, I don't know four or five times as a player himself yeah and do it as a coach and you know how hard that is um, it's it's but you got to give him the credit he he has figured it out you know, coaching is leadership, uh, and leadership and coaching comes in all different styles in every sport. Uh, there's Nick Saban, you know, there's Belichick, and, uh, you know, there's Phil Jackson, Chuck Daly, uh, Steve Kerr, etc. cetera. Uh, you know what? Doc Rivers, you know, one of my favorite players of all time that I coached. Um, you know, so I think it, it comes, and I think we're always looking for new ones, and uh, but all the conversations we have, I have targeted you as one of the guys that really has a chance to be the next one. And I know you're highly successful in what you do, but boy, I wish I could influence you because I think you'd be terrific. Well, you know, Coach, for many years, I've, I've always resisted, you know, coaching. I just always wanted to understand, you know, this business. But, you know, in speaking with you, I, I would definitely be open to coaching. I would definitely be open to it um, because it's about people. And mm-hmm. more than anything, 
that I do in life is I love talking to people about basketball and I love the strategy of it. I love the, the how the game is constantly changing and evolving. And more importantly, I love to see people reach their potential, not only as players, but as people. Um, it's just, and that's probably, I've never viewed myself as a coach. I've always viewed myself in what you have spoken to me over the years. I always viewed myself as a teacher, but I never viewed myself as a coach. And I finally began to hear you when you said that to me. So from that standpoint, being able to share with other people what I've learned with over the years, not because it's something that I've learned. They're just principles that every generation will have to learn. The fundamentals don't change. Yeah, the game will look different. But in the end, the last four minutes of an NBA game is going to be the same no matter what generation it is. <laughs> it's going to be about half-court execution. And you better get your best player's shots. That's it. I mean, you know, it's that simple. You know. Someone's going to have to go out and make a play. Well, There's a, yeah. well, some- Let me say this to you, my friend, uh, and we'll, we'll segue on this. But, uh, you know, whether you're coaching uh, Steph Curry, um, Draymond Green, or Derrick Rose or LeBron James, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's about taking players where they can't take themselves. That's the art of a coach, and yeah. and that's what and that's what you have the ability to do. So, I could talk to you all day. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being on here. We we need to do it more often. But uh, you're you're one of the great gifts in the game, and uh, glad to call you my friend. Appreciate it, Coach, and uh, all the best. And uh, hey, hopefully we can do it again soon. Thanks so much. Right, thanks, Coach. Yep. Thank you, BJ. Uh, you know, that is almost like our conversations in the morning. Uh, the beautiful thing being in Baton Rouge and he's in L.A. is I sometimes call him between 6 and 7 in the morning but as he's getting started with his day or we catch up very, very late at night, but always a, a, a great basketball conversation of things that we both see out there and – uh, I think you just understand uh, what an experience for a young person having him as an agent that knows the game and has so much experience in the league. Uh, but also, uh, as I like to say in all of leadership, he's a truth teller. He tells his players, uh, you know, what they need to hear as opposed to what they want to hear. But BJ, thank you for that. And until next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sarah.